Once upon a time, to get a cocktail made with fancy syrups or shaken with vigor through an absinthe-washed coconut, or even just like a pitcher of Marg's to go with your tacos, you had to be somewhere. A bar, a restaurant, their patio, and finish your drink right there. I mean, sure, in this once upon a time scenario, the place was packed. You might even be squeezing through other patrons to get said drink. No masks, only the hand sanitizer you always casually carry in your purse. Not even really thinking about it, certainly not using it every few minutes. So, different, right? Well, so is the restriction on selling mixed drinks, at least in Missouri. Some restaurant owners lobbied some Kansas City lawmakers to change the law, which before only allowed alcohol to go in the original container. On average, restaurants count on alcohol sales for up to 25% of their revenue. So when the pandemic hit, among all the other changes they had to try to make up for loss of business, this was a welcome change. Uh, under certain conditions, approved packaging, uh, the same uh, age verification uh, with a food purchase. So That's one that of the helps. most popular changes out of yeah. all of this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a silver lining. <laughs> yeah, so that helps. And... Uh, and right now we, we'd like to have that extended and then have the legislature debate the merits of, of making that a, a permanent part of, of Missouri law and allowing restaurants to do that. Hoping the story of restaurants surviving this pandemic has a happily ever after, Bob Bonney is one guy who's working on it. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, a chat with the CEO of the Missouri Restaurant Association. Bob works on behalf of the owners and employees of Missouri restaurants, but lately he's been waiting on lawmakers to provide some help. I think that Congress will be able to come together, in a, and we would hope they would, in a, in a bipartisan way. Now that the election is behind us, what he says needs to be the first order, what he thinks of the governor's COVID strategy, and other ways we can support local restaurants, even when we're not hungry. That's going to be the best for all Missourians and for our state's economy. Um, but people want restaurants. Plus your food news, weekend planner, and a peek inside a national ice cream competition. Am I allowed to ask you if you have a favorite restaurant in the St. Louis area? Uh, I would I would answer that and I would say I have many favorite restaurants. And I would say there's just too many good ones to, to, to uh, pick just one especially because in his job, Bob works for all of them. According to their latest data, more than 300,000 Missourians made their living in the food service industry. That represents about 10% of the state's workforce. The combined economic effect uh, on the U.S. economy of restaurants exceeds airlines, food stores, hotel lodging, transit and, grand, transit and ground passenger transportation combined. We uh, did some uh, polling in conjunction with the National Restaurant Association, and 65% of, of poll respondents indicated that they would not be profitable by the end of the year. Uh, in fact, 52% um, said that they their operating costs are higher, and what's more troubling, 53% doubted that they would have the ability to remain in business beyond six months unless there was another federal relief package. The impact of that on the U.S. economy and then the local economy uh, would be devastating. What is the case, the strongest case that you're making for that to the people who are saying, well, restaurants operate on thin margins. They know they're in a risky business and 
if they can't function, they can't function. And that's just the free market for you. Well, I think it would be, I think you should step back and consider that those would, who would be out of work in that, in that scenario would be your neighbors. Uh, and obviously they wouldn't be reinvesting in the economy uh, money that gets spent every every dollar in a food service restaurant, every dollar in revenue generates a uh, dollar sixty five in uh, other impact uh, economically for the local community. It would be it would really be devastating. The margins are thin in the best of times. On the, on the best day, it's a tough business, uh, but quite honestly, it's a business that that America loves. And if you go into a restaurant. Uh, take a look around, see who is working there. Uh, our people, our food, uh, they, they uh, resemble the, the melting pot that made America so great. You can go in right in St. Louis and you can visit food that's originated in any country around the world probably and find it all enjoyable and pleasing and enjoy yourself while you're doing it. It's why Bob says it's essential Congress provides another relief package, similar to the CARES Act passed earlier this year. That made it possible for businesses to get thousands of dollars in forgivable grants. Here we are entering the ninth month of the pandemic, and through the CARES Act, Congress provided about eight weeks of relief. And the pandemic has has stretched beyond that, and we need something You may recall our episode about the Save Restaurants Act, which, as introduced, would essentially establish a $120 billion forgivable grant program for restaurants and caterers, helping cover the difference between last year's revenue and this year's. The Restaurant Association supports that, but since they don't just represent locally owned places, they would want help for chain restaurants, too. They say they're big employers. Part of this isn't just because restaurants aren't making as much money. They're also spending more money to even operate on technology that allows them to do takeout, on plexiglass barriers in high traffic areas, on single-use packaging, on patio furniture and heaters, on keeping their employees. Uh, it's a situation where they're, they're just not as profitable as they used to be, and they're going to need some help. One of the things we were hearing about when um, the CARES Act first passed was that this is great, this is going to allow people to stay home if they it's not safe for them to work or whatnot. But then as things wore on, restaurants might've had a hard time hiring their employees back because they couldn't afford to pay them 600 extra dollars a week like the state could or things or what, what we were doing because of that extra funding and things like that. So what do you think is more important though? Because part of the reason that that all happened is that they needed to act fast. So $600 was decided on and it was a little bit more one size fits all. Do you think that there is a way to have a more targeted relief approach for folks as they need it and the type of relief they need and also still get it out to people as quickly as they do need it? No, I think that though, we've had a lot of time to digest the CARES Act. Uh, what worked, uh, what, what didn't work, and so I think that Congress will be able to come together in a, and we would hope they would in a, in a bipartisan way and provide the targeted relief that Americans need. Targeted is a key word for Bob. Health and safety has always been more of a top line concern for restaurant owners than many other types of businesses. So he believes restaurants can be safe places during the pandemic. Missouri just reelected a governor whose way of approaching this has been let the localities handle it. Um, In 
St. Louis, restrictions are tougher at restaurants than they are out West. And you're seeing restaurants saying, we're going to open up a location out here. We're closing down here. You've heard about diners saying, we're going to go have dinner across the river because we have a large family or for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the approach of let all the different municipalities handle it on their own is good for Missouri restaurants overall? Well, I, I do because um, the numbers are so drastically different county by county, city by city. And I think generally those uh, local officials do a good job of, of recognizing um, what type of restrictions should be in place uh, for their area. He does applaud some changes made at the state level, like that drinks to go rule or allowing restaurants to sell unprepared food for like meal kits and provisions and things. He even wants people on SNAP benefits to be able to use those for restaurant foods. Whatever helps till the pandemics run its course. People want restaurants. I, I, I think that restaurants are here to, to stay. They're a, a fabric of, of America. And, and I think that once we move beyond this and people are comfortable, that there's going to be a lot of pent up demand. And a good way to do something about that pent-up demand might come with your holiday shopping. It's wild because I've already had people asking me, like, what do I want for Christmas? And it's not even Thanksgiving yet. But a good answer that Bob suggested is restaurant gift cards, especially for some of these local places. Um, you know, just get somebody a gift card. It'll be not only a treat for them that they can experience and enjoy a nice meal, especially after the holidays, then a lot of times if somebody goes and buys a restaurant gift card for someone else, they wind up buying one for themselves too. So it could be um, a double serving of help for some of these restaurants. So with me from her home bureau right now is producer extraordinaire Dory Olmos. Hello. Dory, have you ever given or gotten restaurant gift cards for a gift? I have, and I was actually su going to suggest something that my family does. So we always do, instead of like buying everybody presents, we just do a rob your neighbor with gift cards. So everybody brings like a $25 gift card, and then we play a little game to swap around the gift cards. That's super fun, actually. We do that with mm -hmm. like White Elephant, but I would much rather it be a gift card to right, cause especially 25 like that. Yeah, because then you're giving $25 or getting $25. It all seems to even out. Plus, you have a little bit of fun in the process. Yeah, I love that. I have a couple of gift cards. I will say I've been having a hard, like that I haven't used yet that I got for my birthday in January. I'll admit it's kind of hard to want to use them right now because I feel like I've gone to restaurants that I have gift cards to and I just spend the money because it feels kind of awkward sometimes yeah. to do the gift yeah. card. But I think I think I can... I can make both happen. It's pretty yeah. tasty. So, all right. We are done with the election. We hope you all enjoyed our um, pizza edition episode last week. That was kind of fun to put together. I will say it was a sweet reprieve from all the election coverage. And we are not going to talk about elections. We're not going to talk about any of that stuff. So don't worry. We're going to continue being your alternative programming um, to all of that. But we do have some news that we wanted to ex let you guys know about, um, especially if you are enjoying going out and eating on patios, on side yards, even in parking lots. Uh, this is some good news, actually. Yeah, so St. Louis has announced it's extending the permit program that allows restaurants to add more tables and seats, 
Um, while we're still in the middle of this pandemic, it's going to continue through all of next year. So this is the same program that has expanded restaurant seating to parking lots, sidewalks, and even some closed down streets with the permits like we saw in the Central West End with the Streeteries program. We shared this news on Instagram because um, I just happened to be listening to Mayor Cruson's press briefing while she announced this. And, and we heard from other people in surrounding areas that they said they hope that that follows uh, the, the same thing happens there, St. Louis County, for example. Um, and I also think it's pretty neat that they're just saying, you know what, we're not going to sit here and say, May 30th, or we're not going to keep putting these little deadlines on here and extending and extending it, especially as these restaurant owners are having to plan for these types of things. They just said through the end of 2021, and let's hope we're all back to normal by then at least, but it's more than a year extension. So that's good news for a lot of folks. Yeah. And you figure these restaurants are going to need some extra time on the back end when things do kind of get back to normal to help recoup a lot of the money that they've lost. Absolutely. Um, this next story <laughs> is close to home for me. Um, it's interesting yes. because yes. it's much long delayed, long anticipated, but it has finally, the day's finally come. Yeah, I saw this and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm sure Abby already knows about this. <laughs> Brennan's reopening in the Central West End, the staple is coming back. So it closed on Maryland Avenue this spring reopened Wednesday, just around the corner on Euclid. Now this closure and reopening is part of that big sort of chess game of moving pieces related to the St. Louis chess club expansion. And I know you are so excited about them being back open. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's my neighborhood place, you know, and it's, there's nothing else like it in St. Louis. And it was kind of a bummer when they were going to be moving from that labyrinth of a space that they had occupied previously. Um, just around the corner, it is a different, um, it is a different vibe, but it's familiar. Um, I definitely encourage people to check it out. It's still cozy. Um, it still has a lot of that like tongue in cheek uh, decor and just, good vibes, great staff. Um, that's kind of what makes the place good. And so it's interesting that they were closed before all this stuff happened. The pandemic kind of prematurely ended their, uh, ended their run at the previous location, but it's given them a little bit more time to perfect all sorts of fine details. I mean, they thought of everything and I'm not going to spill some of the secrets here because I got to check it out, uh, over the weekend, but I mean, Rarely is there a piece of decor that doesn't mean something or have a connection to something else. I'll say that and I'll let you go and explore for yourself. A nice little teaser there. Yes. Here's one that I sent to you, Dory, on Instagram <laughs> right when I saw the news of this because I was like, this is close to home for Dory. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like two really good news uh, items for us both this week. So Max Local Eats is getting ready to debut a food truck. They're going to be bringing those famous smash burgers and red hot riplet rip fries to a neighborhood near you. Um, they don't have an exact launch date or name for this truck just yet, but they did say they're working on a lot of exciting collaborations. Um, they told, I reached out to them and talked to them for a story about this. They said they've been thinking about doing this for a while and coronavirus, was that Mia? Or yeah, that was Ronnie barking. Ronnie. <laughs> Mia's gonna jump in shortly thereafter. Hey girls. They're both just staring at me now, like what? <laughs> anyway well, anyway well my printer just started like printing in the middle of uh, like two stories ago so we're joys of working from home here speaking of things that only happened during COVID-19 right yeah, right well okay so back to Max they said that they'd been thinking about doing a food truck for a while 
and coronavirus actually sort of pushed them to make that a reality faster than what they were necessarily planning. Um, they're planning on having this be available for things like outside events, backyard parties, neighborhood meetups, could be bringing the uh, the famous smash burgers to a neighborhood near you soon. I think that's great. This sounds like a lot more fun than having to fight over a wishbone on the Thanksgiving turkey this year when it comes to COVID-19 friendliness. Uh, and I, local eats can be local for a lot more people now. It's super fun. Congrats to them. Yes. Um, and some changes, Thinking, talking about uh, Thanksgiving. So if you guys remember last year, we profiled Brass Rail mm -hmm. up in O'Fallon. They're the restaurant known for giving away thousands of meals, no questions asked on Thanksgiving. Well, they're trying to do it again this year in the middle of the pandemic, just on a much smaller scale. So they announced some details. They're going to only be delivering meals in St. Charles County. And initially they were hoping to feed 15,000 people, I think this year. Yeah. They wanted to up the ante this year. They wanted to. Yeah. They're trimming that down a lot to 3,500 people, but they still have I think about 2000 slots available. So if anybody is interested in getting a free meal from Brass Rail, you can reach out to them, reserve a slot. I think they're also still looking for some volunteers and drivers to deliver meals. Um, and then one other change with this year, no walk-in buffet service. So mm -hmm. some changes there, but I love that they're still going through with this. I almost can't believe that they're still going through with this. I It seems like they're doing... It seems like they're scaling back, but when you think about it, adjusted for 2020 inflation, if you will, 3,500 meals given away by a restaurant, an industry that has dealt with so much, to be able to still do that for families, it's huge. I and mean, it's, it's probably harder on them than even giving 10,000 away last year was. But the fact that they're able to do this, I think, is incredible. And I know that a lot of people are... Um, rethinking their Thanksgiving plans. They might not be able to travel and see family. Um, maybe they can feed you, or maybe, you know what, you might be able to volunteer, see if Brass Rail still needs helpers because, um, you know, that you might be freed up in a way that you haven't been in previous Thanksgivings. And that could be a really cool opportunity for you to have a different experience as well. Yep. If you check out their Facebook page, they have some options on how you can get a hold of them, a phone number to call. Um, cause I think they had like a whole separate phone number set up for their volunteers. Yeah. Cause it's such a high demand. So check them out if you are interested, but before we get too into Turkey talk, we've got a couple more theme weeks coming our way here in the St. Louis area. So a couple of weeks ago we had taco week. Mm -hmm. Now we've got wing week and pizza week, which both I'm down for both of these. <laughs> so first up is Lord of the wings. STL Wing Week. This is going on now through this Sunday. You can get wing specials at 13 different restaurants, including Molly's, Bootleg and Barbecue, Angry Beaver, Salt and Smoke, Wing Runner, and Sugar Fire. So that's now through Sunday. Mm. And then the following week, St. Louis Pizza Week, November 17th through 23rd, uh, participating restaurants are going to offer 10-inch pizzas for $8, which sounds like a pretty good deal to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, some of the places include Joni's to go, Blue Duck, Wood Shack and Soulard, Adira, um, Blue's Fired Pizza and Favazas on the Hill. Wow. Yeah. I mean, shoot, wings and pizza. I think that like we deserve it, St. Louis. It's about to get cold out. So just pack it all in. That pack sounds it delicious. In. <laughs> hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? 
Um, so I was trying to think of it and I think this was maybe a week or two ago where you said you had like pizza and burgers and fries and all sorts of things. That was me last week with with election day turning into election week. Yeah. It was long and stressful. I know you know this too. Um, well, you were manning so much digital news and you're having to, I'm, you know, I'm focused on the St. Louis area, which got votes pounded pretty quickly. You were following a national story that really still hasn't ended, but yeah, you were, you were busy, Doris. I, I was a little busy. And, um, so I got a lot of curbside to go food. I got gorilla street food i got pie guy my pizza fix um chicken sandwich from braswell i had chick i finally tried uh, the wings hot and fresh from wing runner at indo yeah. and then also a nice like sit down sort of meal from indo which was great but you really ate well it's amazing <laughs> that's a lot but that's not even it okay um so my favorite thing probably is what I got at the Tower Grove Farmer's Market on Saturday. It was the last market of the season in the park. Um, My husband and I went over there, checked it out. We biked over, checked it out. Um, So we wanted to get a steak. So we got a hanger steak from Dirk's Farms, which is in Ava, Illinois. This steak was so big. We asked him how much it weighed and the farmer was like, I don't know. We don't weigh them. We just cut them and give them out. So it was huge. It was only $15. We had a whole filling for dinner one night. We're having a whole other filling for dinner tonight. Amazing. Well, it was so good. So I've never had a uh, hanger steak before. It's a butcher's cut, um, but it was just so delicious. Juicy, tender, flavorful, just with salt and pepper on it. It was great. And then we also picked up a couple little Lebanese pastries from Sidera Sweets and Ice Cream. They had a little uh, stall there at the farmer's market. Their sweets are really similar to baklava where they're really heavy on the honey and the um, sort of flaky pastry. It was so delicious. We have those kind of just sitting on the counter that we're picking at. But Sidera Sweets and Ice Cream, they are located in Afton. Very highly recommend them too. I love it. So I so, ate so much this week. I, I need, <laughs> I need to take a chill. I need to have a salad or something. I know. Right. Or just like, you know, protein shake or something like that and call it good. No, you know what, Dory, I, everything you, at least you made really good choices. Like mm-hmm. you're not saying, oh, I went through all the drive through It's like, mm, you ate well. I applaud yeah. your week of eating. <laughs> Thank you. It was really rough. <laughs> Speaking of rough, um, I had a very, very tough job Ooh. last night, actually. So Tuesday night, it's Wednesday as we record this. And I was um, a judge for the National Ice Cream Maria Taylors Association. Dory, you were supposed to be there alongside me, but uh, no. weren't able to join last minute, but that's okay. Um, Honestly, between the two of us, it still would have been a lot of ice cream. There were about 35 flavors that I sampled. Um, And so I, along with a panel of about a dozen other folks invited to be judges, and this is a pretty big deal, actually. I mean, it's national and national in the name, but international actually um, in membership and people could send their new ice cream flavors from around the country and we got to judge them based on all sorts of things like their taste, their overall marketability. Um, I'm like, running I don't even really fully remember that what the ballots were at this point but it, it was very official not just a little kind of 
let's try some different ice creams. This was like, you had a lab coat on. I was wearing a lab coat. It was hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is, there's the stakes are pretty high though, because this can really put an ice cream shop on the map. There are some more like distributors. It's not all just like, you know, an ice cream shop, mom and pop type place. But think about it this way. Clementine's gooey butter cake ice cream won in 2019. And that was one of their awards. They got this giant trophy. Next thing you know, they're being named to Oprah's favorite things list. Mm -hmm. People are interested in gooey butter cake ice cream around the world. Tamara Keefe actually wound up giving like a presentation at this because this is part of like a conference of ice cream retailers. She wound up giving um, a presentation on there. So it's really skyrocketed her career in a lot of ways too. So it, there was a lot of pressure and it was really hard to judge based on this. I will say, I, try, I mean, I'm glad I didn't eat dinner beforehand. I needed all the room I could get. Um, I will say, I don't know if I could, it, they were all great but I think I've had enough banana flavored ice cream for the rest of my life. I don't know what it is with people adding banana to their ice cream this year, but I, that was pretty popular. Oof. Yeah. Were there any um, ingredients that you were like, I've never thought to put this in ice cream? Oh, um, you know, the, there was one that had smoked cherries in it, like Ooh. smoked from a smoker. And it was so interesting it's definitely not something i would have thought of now there was one with goat cheese in it that um you know if we hadn't already kind of done some stories about we, we've mentioned goat cheese in ice cream before so that mm. i at least had some familiarity familiarity with that um, but the smoked cherries was probably the most interesting ingredient that i um encountered just as far as how it tasted just so different I love seeing what people are doing with non-dairy ice cream, though, coming up with a lot of really creative uh, substitutes for that. And um, the fact that a decent percentage of them were non-dairy might be what saved my stomach today. <laughs> but uh, it was it was fun. It was super fun. And so we they have not announced the winner yet, though. Um, my favorite, by the way, had to be one that was like a coffee, coffee and praline. It Ooh. was in like with some dark chocolate. Ooh, it was so Ooh. good. I was like so stuffed but I still just kind of had to keep eating that one it was really tasty I'm jealous it sounded awesome it was fun <laughs> that was the, this past week so hopefully by the time this comes out we'll actually know who the winner is um, and you can head out this weekend they'll be celebrating there's a lot for you to go out and celebrate this weekend we are looking at the weekend of November 13th 14th and 15th with some events around the St. Louis area this Friday and Saturday they're having the best of Bob festival at Broadway Oyster Bar. Um, man, that's a place that I didn't get to enjoy enough over the summer with just, car you think Cardinals games going downtown, Broadway Oyster Bar. Well, mm -hmm. you can still get the best of Bob. Uh, they'll have a variety of food specials, both dine-in and curbside. So you could take the best of Bob home with you uh, this Friday and Saturday and uh, check their Instagram for some of those, uh, what some of those specials are and get your oyster fix. Yeah. And if you're wanting to check out some of the vendors that I might've just mentioned there from the Tower Grove Farmer's Market, there's going to be a farmer's market at Forehands this Saturday, the Tower Grove Farmer's Market moving there for this weekend from eight to 1230 on the parking lot outside Forehands. It'll be under a tent. A lot of the favorite vendors from the normal version in Tower Grove will be there. And Forehands is going to be releasing its Tower Grove Farmer's Market Peach Pit Ale. So something else to kind of 
have while you're shopping around looking for different foods and sweets and stuff at the farmer's mm. market. And then Saturday and Sunday, the old Webster winter market is going to be getting underway. It is like fall winter market season for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, there'll be dozens of businesses inviting you to stroll, shop, and dine on their patios, sidewalks, and outdoor spaces. Old Webster just has such a really interesting, unique variety of markets and restaurants and things there. So mm -hmm. lots that you can stroll through that is going on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I, it really, again, I think I've said this before on the pod that normally I'd be like, stop it with Christmas. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, what you, what you got to do if that stuff like this yeah. kind of makes me happy. Um, I will admit I ordered a new Christmas tree. Um, you're going to do that tonight. So you're not alone. There you go. So, um, getting in the spirit of things Sunday procure a holiday bazaar is once again, happening at nine mile garden. This is that partnership between the women's creative and the garden, the food truck park in Afton there. Um, it's like a mini vendor market. This is the last day they're doing it this month. Keep, keep looking out for different opportunities to shop small and local businesses though. It's happening from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there are about a dozen small businesses all owned by women. And every time I go to one of these events uh, curated by the Women's Creative, they always have just such good options. I spend too much money. So spend too much money and then get to some good food and enjoy yourself a beer in the canteen. And it'll be a good Sunday. And starting, actually, it's happening right now um, through January 2nd, one of my favorite yearly events uh, around this time of year is the Garden Glow at the Botanical Garden. It's their big holiday lights display. It is just beautiful. It's a whole different way to enjoy the garden. I absolutely love it in its natural form, of course, but then it's so cool to see what they do with the lights. And um, this year, they're able to do it much the same as in the mm -hmm. past because it is an outdoor, dis you know, you don't really yeah. crowd with a lot of people but they are requiring reservations and keeping capacity limited. And you still, even though it's outdoors, are going to be required to wear a mask uh, if you're nine years old or older. But don't let that deter you because I think the mask kind of helps keep your face warm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I bought like a knit mask too when I was at the farmer's market. I'm like, oh, I can wear this over like one of my thinner masks and it'll keep my face like extra warm this winter. So cozy. We might never go back. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dori Olmos. Please be sure you are subscribed to our podcast. Um, we're excited next week. We're going to have a rundown of even more holiday things you can just get into um, because if you're going to get in the spirit, might as well have some spirits to go along with it. Uh, mm -hmm. Leave us a rating and review. We want to see them. We want to see those five stars. Please, seriously, please, second please. Has gotten a review. So we want more of those. Um, and of course, we always want to hear your thoughts, your story ideas, what you're eating. Tag us, DM us at Abby Eats St. Louis on Instagram. Have a safe and happy weekend. Wash your hands and seize the plate.